Welcome to episode number 97 of Nurses Living the Good Life. My name's Anne Conkley. I'm a certified nurse midwife and a certified life and business coach, and I'm so glad that you're here. In this week's episode, I've got Diana Page, who you probably know on Instagram from the Self-Care Catalyst. Maybe you've downloaded her freebie that's called the Resilient Nurse Roadmap, or maybe you've been a part of one of her mentorships where she's helped you personally through burnout. She is an incredible asset to our community, and we talk in this interview quite a bit about burnout, the stressors, the factors, and why there really is no one Uh, one size fits all for why burnout happens and thus what we do as solutions to really help people, especially nurses and NPs who are going through it. So Diana's got a really unique approach that is fueled not only by her personal experience, but also uh, her professional experience. So I think this is a good interview. I invite you to, um, you know, being that we are kind of in this season of the new year, I invite you to really start to think about what does burnout mean to you and where are you personally on the burnout scale? I think if you, if we really look at it honestly, there's uh, probably many times in our careers where we've gone in and out of burnout. And, uh, and I think Diana's got some really great tips in here in this interview. Uh, and then she's got a ton of resources that are designed to be supportive and helpful to you if this is what you're going through. So, so just know you're not alone. Diana's a wonderful resource and, um, her contact information will be in the show notes. So without further delay, here's Diana. Hi, Diana. I'm so glad that you're here. Um, this is going to be such a good conversation. I've been um, following you for some time and um, just appreciate you know, the work that you do and what you put out. So Diana Page, welcome to Nurse Living the Good Life podcast. I'm uh, so happy to speak with you today. And I wonder if you would just start. Most people will probably know you as Catalyst for Self-Care on Instagram. I got that right, correct? Yes, you did. <laughs> and, um, and the Resilient Nurse Roadmap. But tell if you would please introduce yourself and just tell people a little bit about who you are and what you do. And um, let's start there. Sure. Well, thank you so much for having me. I've definitely been following you for a while as well and love what you're doing in the space. So thank you for everything that you do. Um, So my name is Diana. I'm an outpatient neuro NP. I work predominantly with patients who have epilepsy and headache disorders, but I am also a mother of two cuties and I run a business. So I run self-care catalyst LLC, which is predominantly Instagram based. Um, so at catalyst for self-care on Instagram, I help nurses and nurse practitioners keep burnout at bay through mentorship, uh, community education, workshops, things like that. Um, really predominantly, uh, the comment that I put out there is free content. So people can download many free resources to have actionable things that they can use in the, in the moment, um, when they're finding that they're suffering from burnout or feeling kind of, um, unfulfilled at work. Um, that's all on my website at self selfcarecatalyst.com. Um, but I also have a mentorship, um, with nurses and APPs that I run, which is kind of the heart and soul of the business. We're running cohort eight. It actually starts today, which is crazy. Um, you. Excited for the new cohort to start. And actually the biggest news is that we just got it, um, approved for CME. So now yes. I've credits for the mentorship right. all workshops that we're going to host. So that's been something that I've worked on for a while. And that just came to fruition this week. So yay, celebrate. Congratulations. Um, 
Thank you. But um, yeah, we really, it's about um, empowering women nurses and nurse practitioners um, to really put themselves first, look at what they want their lives to look like. I know this resonates with you and your business and to take action on the things that are in alignment with their values, um, whether it be work-related or life-related so that they can really feel more fulfilled, more confident, um, and more aligned with what they're doing in their day-to-days. Why? I love it. Uh, hold on. What kind of um, CME credit did you get? What did you go for? Uh, AMA category one. That's like, fantastic. Can we talk after this and make sure that I, cause I'm going to interview a company. This is a total side note, but, uh, but there are a lot of people on here building online courses. So it'll be useful. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I have ANCC credit. Uh, we have 75 credits, ANCC mm-hmm. credits for um, nurses living the good life, which is fantastic. And my, the Ohio nurses association, I literally, I had a program prior to this and we were using it, had 40 hours. Mm-hmm. We changed the program, changed the name, got an application. And I, um, the Ohio nurses association has always done our ANCC crediting. And so they were an accredited provider until literally about a week after I, um, submitted my application, they were like, your application's not in yet. We will no longer be providing ANCC credit. We'll grandfather in all the applications that are in and, you know, it'll be active for two years. So meanwhile, in my head, I've just been thinking, oh, I got to figure out kind of like a next route after this. So it's, so, um, let's chat after if you are willing, I interviewed this new company, but it's kind of interesting if you're going to go that route. And for all of uh, you out there who are building an online course and you're seeking, you know, either AMA category one, or you're seeking ANCC credit, I think it's a huge plus to have it for any program that you do. And so, and and sometimes there are a lot of hoops to jump through. And I think we need to like, as a group, we need to make sure that we are in communication. So like just made it easier for everybody. Cause it was, it's not always easy to find some of these no. programs and to like, anyways. So, okay. Yeah, so true. And it's helpful just because then people can use CME funds for courses that they should be able to use CME funds for. Like I, I honestly, like a lot of these courses are, you know, not like necessarily hard skill, like, you know, um, like here's how you do X procedure, Y procedure, but these skills are equally, if not more important and lay the foundation for all the other stuff, in my opinion. So I completely agree. I kudos to you for making it happen. I know it is like a strat. It's a, it's a labor of love to fill out the um, applications and get all that shit together. So good for you for getting it done. Um, okay. That's fantastic. Okay. So you have Amy category one credit for your current program. And so you're going to be able to offer it for cohort eight, and this is your eighth cohort. So, which is so amazing. I'm so like, just, Oh, it makes me so happy to think of all the women that have come through the program thus far. And like all the women that will come through the program moving forward. It just, it's like, it's something that I'm so, so passionate about. And I, like, I've, I've, I'm sure you feel the same way about your, your program. You know, you just like, this is such a great resource and I just love the community aspect of it. And, you know, people come in as one person and leave like kind of as a, you know, judged version of themselves. And it just makes me so grateful to be able to be on that journey with them. I feel really, really privileged to be able to work with women in this, in this realm. It's, it's pretty incredible. Well, I, and I guess that actually leads me to this question, which is like, why do you do what you do and what, you mm-hmm. know, I know, cause I read a little bit just about, you know, you were thinking of leaving the profession, going through some burnout and then kind of figured out, um, decided to stay in the profession, figured out a few things that felt, you know, it sounds like right for you in terms of how you manage your day to day and your awareness. 
but tell me why you do what you do. Like, why are you on cohort eight? Yeah. Great question. So I'm a burnout survivor. (laughs) Hi, I'm Diana. Mm -hmm. Um, I burned out in my very first NP job. Um, and I was a career changer. I actually worked in a lab for a while straight out of college. I was a bio major, thought I'd do like the PhD route and, you know, was going to work in a cancer research lab and do all the things. Shocker. It wasn't for me. I needed to be with humans. Um, so I went to grad school and, you know, did the, um, I got my NP and I started working and, you know, I didn't really know what, um, was normal and not normal in terms of like toxic work environments, nor did I really know how to set boundaries or, um, and my confidence wasn't great. You know, I was new, I had a lot of imposter syndrome and, you know, after about four years, two of which were really miserable, um, I was like, is this like what everybody is dealing with? Cause I don't like this. This doesn't feel good to me. Um, you know, I was crying in my car a lot. I mean, I'm a crier anyway, let's be honest, but I was crying a lot in my car. Um, and I just, I was just like, I think this is a me problem. Like, I think I'm just not cut out for this. Maybe like, like I'm working really hard, but I'm all the things. So, um, I eventually through a lot of therapy and talking with other friends of mine who were in, you know, the NP new NP world and, you know, allies within my department. Um, it became clear that it wasn't a me problem that I was kind of in this environment that was setting me up to fail, so to speak. And that, um, there were things that I could be doing as a human being for myself to take agency over my own life, to, make it a little more tolerable. Um, you know, I was very much a yes person, people pleaser looking to others to tell me that I was good at what I do and all the things. Um, but it took, you know, again, it's about, you know, your own journey of self-discovery too. I really committed to at that point, working with mentors and doing all the things like listening to all the podcasts, reading the books, really doing a lot of the inner work to understand how I could not have that happen again. Because I realized I do like being an NP. I actually really love my job and I love my job now. Um, I realized that that I had a lot of control over many things that weren't working. And so rather than focus on the things I didn't have control over, I really kind of honed in on what those things were. And that was, you know, boundary setting, making sure that I was advocating for myself, really working on my own confidence and own self-worth and my own self-talk um, and recognizing that all of those pieces really not only made me a better nurse practitioner, but just more myself. Like I felt better overall, like in terms of my well-being in general. So um, my, my why is really so that other human beings don't have to go through it the hard way. It sucked. <laughs> it really sucked. So now I teach the things I wish I had known very early on, you know, now boundaries to me, and I'm not just saying this are like autopilot. I don't even think about them. I know I'm worthy of them. I know how to set them. I know how to enforce them. I know how to communicate them like the scripting involved. And that's something that I spend a lot of time with my clients on, you know, confidence. I feel very much more confident. Yeah. I have bad days. We all do. You know, we all feel imposter syndrome from time to time. It's totally normal. But it's about recognizing that voice and being like, mm, no, no, not today, not today. Um, so, you know, these are things that I now hope through the education, the tools, but also just the empowerment and the community and knowing that you're not going through it alone, like through those things, the goal is for no one to have to go through it the hard way so that we can really 
be leaders and enjoy our jobs and have lives outside of work and do the things we want to do and have hobbies and feel, have more fun, you know, and laugh more and smile more and feel like you're doing a really good job in your role as an NP, but also like, I have a great life outside of that. And this role as an NP is not my identity. You know, it's just one little facet of my being. So that's my why. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love it. No, I love it. Um, Tell me this. What makes you, um, what makes, oh God, I had a question. Shit. It just slipped right out of my mind. Cause I was thinking about just what you said. I just, just thinking about one piece that you said, and I was just agreeing with it in my head. And then that question slipped out of my mind. Anyways, tell me this. Um, so how long ago did you start your business? I think I saw 2020 ish, like on. So 2019 was when I started like putting content out there and it was just a blog that I was like, my mom was probably reading it and that's it. But I was just like, we have to talk about this. Why are we talking about this? Um, I'm kind of like an energy of solutions kind of person. You know, I'm like, let's take action. Let's do this dang thing, you know? Um, so that was when it quote unquote started. I did not start my Instagram or like any like content where I'm like creating mentorship and things like that until 2020. Okay. And then um, how many, if you had to guess like the number of people that you work with over the past few years, like what are we? Where are we at? I mean, I would say in mentorship, definitely over 50 nurses and nurse practitioners through like workshops and master classes and yeah. all the treat. I would say, I mean, I would say honestly hundreds at this point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even think about like probably all your the freebies that you have and like all of the resources through um Kajabi. It looked like you have your course on Kajabi and um what so what, what makes you, I get why you started the business. What makes you stay in the business of being, you know, dual doing an entrepreneur, the work of an entrepreneur and doing the work of being an NP in clinical practice? Yeah. So it's no joke, as you know, I mean, it's, it's a lot. So that's a great question because it is, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into it. It's not like easy, breezy, beautiful, you know, um, every day. And I do work full-time still. Um, and I'm a mom full-time, obviously. Um, and a house manager, how about short order cook? Yeah. Do you do supply chain for your house? I do. Yeah. We can add those all to the list. I agreed. Well, I'm not in this house. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, so the reason I continue to do it is because I really, truly love doing it. Um, I love like the content creation piece I love because I love taking um, like information and making it super accessible for people. Like that's like one of my superpowers is taking like big topics that might be kind of confusing or there's a lot of fluff and just like breaking it down. Like what do you actually need to know and how do you implement it now to like create something better that's useful? Um, so I, I like doing that and I really love like creating my own graphics and stuff. It's kind of like a little creative outlet. And then I absolutely love connecting with other women in healthcare. It's so fulfilling. I, I love community in general. I'm very much someone who likes to bring people together. I'm kind of that friend who like all my friends know each other, but they all like, I'm kind of the person who brought people together, which I think is like something that I like about myself. I'm going to give myself a compliment as we should time to time. Um, but yeah, I really, I really truly love working with other women and helping to empower them to 
step into the version of themselves that they desire. And I love actually seeing that happen, you know, through the time that we work together and even in workshops, like seeing aha moments or, you know, having people say like, wow, this really actually moved the needle a lot in my life and made a big difference. Like that is fulfilling to me just as much as it's fulfilling to work with patients, you know, or see my kids ride a bike for the first time. Like this is stuff that brings me a lot of fulfillment in my life. And when you talk about like nurses living the good life, I think, you know, it's nice when what we do is fulfilling. And that's part of like my good life is making sure that the things that I do and the things that I put energy into are things that really fulfill me and bring me joy, which I would say that my business does. Why do you think we get into such bad burnout as, and I'm talking from the lens of being an advanced practice nurse in healthcare. Like, why do you think, cause I've gone through it too. And I feel like pretty much all of my clients have some, a uh, few stints of burnout along the way. And I, why do you think it happens? Uh, that's a huge question. I mean, there's so many drivers of burnout, you know, there's individual drivers, right? So like the, our lack of boundaries are, you know, workaholism, you know, our need to people please and things like that, which again, like it's not on us, like the onus is not on us for burnout. But again, there are aspects of what we take action doing that can have an effect, you know, how much overtime we take on, how many, like what we agree to for our schedules, whether or not we are setting boundaries with our time, you know, like, oh yeah, sure. I'll go do that consult, which was my MO. I was like the yes person. Everyone would just dump yeah. shit off time. Um, so I think that's part of it, but then there's like very much a lot of institutional problems. You know, the system is flawed in so many ways. And as APPs, we are kind of in that no man's land sometimes it's like, hello, hello, anyone here? Mm-hmm remember us. Um, so, you know, I think a lot of times I see like, you know, the physician group will get sort of changes made or things like that. And then there's like the nurses will, you know, have their unions and things may change through that or through conversations, what have you. And then the NPs, I mean, I know like that can often happen even where I work now where it's like, guys, (laughs) what about us? But it's about coming together and like using our collective voice for sure. But, you know, Staffing sucks. Compensation, not ideal. A lot of times, you know, workload expectations, terrible. EHR demands, you know, how many clicks you're going to click to get through one chart, problematic. You know, like just our chart, our level of work that we need to do on any given day, like whether you're covering someone, not covering someone. Um, I think, you know, not leaving work at work, right? A lot of APPs, we bring work home, we chart on the weekends, we like prep our charts on Sundays. Like, that does not lend itself to a burnout free life. Um, so I think there's a lot of drivers, whether it be personal or institutional. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's only so much we have control over, unfortunately. Yeah, no, I agree. We talk quite a bit in our program about how there's, um, you know, there's you and then there's systems and then there's you in the system and every, you know, like, again, coming back to that idea of you only have control, you know, insofar as you do over what you do. And then when you, and then you have systems and a lot of these systems and healthcare in particular built on, you know, very, uh, uh, the patriarchy and built on a very hierarchical, you know, money-driven system. And, and, and rightfully so as a business, I think that's important for them to have an eye on the bottom line and make sure they can keep the doors open and everybody employed. That's, you know, uh, but we talk very often about how, you know, you have only so much control over how you show up and understanding things. I think what you talk about in your program, core values, which I saw on your website and just, you know, the things that really drive you as a human understanding your mission, what you like, um, Mm -hmm. 
And then some of the things that keep you, you know, that contribute to it, saying yes all the time, the people pleasing. I mean, we talk about these things all the time in our in our program as well. And then we talk about too, again, when you so there's you and then there's a system which is wrought with harm and you enter into the system, sometimes there's only so much control that you have. Um, I'm curious to hear a little bit about, um, you know, what, why you stay, because I think too, you know, as you were talking, I was like, why the fuck does it any, (laughs) any advanced practice nurse or nurse for that matter, or physician for that matter, like with all of that, I think, you know, why do you stay? And why do you think that people choose to stay? I have an idea of the answer, but I, it brings me back to, I remember when, um, I have a client who uh, worked at my old uh, institution. She talked about this doc who the like day that we implemented our EMR, which we had been on paper like for a super long time day. She was on the IT team supporting the implementation boots on the ground. She's like, I was working with this doc and he literally looked at it and took his computer, threw it in the trash, walked out and was like, peace out. I'm, I'm out, you know, and retired, like on the spot was just done. And, and I think there are a lot of moments like that, whether you're talking about clicks or you're talking about, you know, all the hoops that you got to jump through red tape, uh, that, you know, I wonder sometimes why, why people stay. I, and I'm curious, what's your answer? Yeah. So it's funny you say that. Cause we, we had an older physician who did the exact same thing when they yeah. rolled out like the bye, <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. Um, so for me, I, first of all, I'm very fortunate. I work in a very supportive work environment. There is zero toxicity within my team. I have incredible physicians that I work with that I adore that value me and appreciate what I do. And they are kind. Um, they don't have unrealistic expectations for what I will and will not be able to do for them. They, you know, when they need things from me, they block my time. They ask me if that's sufficient. They ask for my opinion on things. Um, my team of nurses are phenomenal. We're friends, but we're also like professional and they're, um, they're good at what they do and they're smart. They're reliable. Um, so I am very fortunate to be in that environment. That was not always the case. If I had stayed in other work environments, um, I would not have stayed and I didn't stay. Um, because I did recognize that it was toxic. And I think that there's um, strength in that because, you know, it's not always terrible. I think that, you know, there are so many ways that we can use our licenses, you know, like I even thought of like, oh, like maybe I'll do aesthetics or maybe I'll do what have you, you know, definitely thought of these other avenues to go down. But now my practice is great. And I do love my patient population. Um, I like getting to know my patients. You know, I used to work in the hospital. Now I work in the outpatient world and I, I know them, I know their families. I see them every year or every three months or whatever it is. Um, and so I know if they're having a bad day, you know, I know their mom's going through cancer treatment, you know, like it's, I have nice relationships with them and um, it's mean. So everybody's kind of like a nice little community. Anyway, people here are very friendly and, um, you know, like community. Um, so it's very, it's very rewarding for me, but also it's not, you know, biting off more than I can chew. Do I have hard days? hundred percent, but I am very, again, I'm very 
um, aware of my limits and I have very, like, I don't have my work email on my phone. I don't like I, when I leave work, people know they are not going to get in touch with me. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't chart from home, um, ever, but that's because like over the years, my time management, I am like a ninja. Like I have maximized Epic. I have all my shortcuts. I am very efficient with my time. Um, And that's, you know, again, those are things that, you know, like we learn over time, but it's also about prioritizing our own piece. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, I, I stay because I love it, but I've also made sure that it like works for me. If it didn't work for me, like my schedule, for example, it didn't work for me. I approached leadership and said, Hey, this is what I want to (laughs) do. Is that cool? And, you know, they made a couple of tweaks, but yeah. So I think it's, you know, asking for what you need, knowing what you need. Like for me, I valued time, time with my family, making sure I'm p- picking my kids up at school, my business. Like there's other things that I value other than that role that I serve as an NP, but it was about like judging my life and looking at my life design to make it work. Yeah. And so is that, it sounds like that's probably going to be part of your resilient nurse roadmap, like your program, which is like, find a good fit. Number one, find people you like to work with find a setting in which you like to work, decide if it's probably inpatient, outpatient, or a mix of both. Um, and then, you know, and that like, it, it's like a very, um, it's like, it, it's one of the things I love about business, which is that it's a formula, like business is a formula, right? Like we, there's a weight, there's a pretty clear strategy in business, right? Like how to grow and making offers and connecting with people. And, um, and it sounds like you you have a pretty clear strategy like in place to support kind of finding the home that helps you create um, the work environment that supports you, not the other way around. Like not I insert myself and try to make all this other shit work and bend and until I break to everybody else's needs. Yeah, I mean the program really like the home is really ourselves and knowing what like it's like emotional intelligence. Like the first half of the program is all based around like who are you? Like, what are your, what is your life design? Like, where is your time and energy going? Like, is this an alignment? Do you have fun? Do you want to have fun? If not, like, why are you not? Like, it's kind of looking at your life design and really the, the, the nuances who you are as a human being, because I think a lot of times as NPs, we just like our identity is so tied to our role in our jobs, but it's also like the roles that we serve in our life, you know, especially for like people who have kids or they're caring for like a, an, a, another adult, um, you know, we're caregiving all the time, you know, so paid and, and unpaid caregivers. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah. like partially like looking at like who we be versus what we do, but also like our self chatter, like our limiting beliefs. Why are we not taking action? How are we self-sabotaging? Like, what does this all look like? And then what do you want it to look like? Like what that vision is, like what you were just saying, like, where do you belong, so to speak? And then taking action on that and looking at your workplace and having like hard skills so you can keep burnout at bay. Like A, how to identify burnout in the first place. <laughs> Cause sometimes it takes you by surprise, which it did me like navigating toxicity, like how to communicate with people in an effective, like professional way where you can ask for what you need, set those boundaries, all the things. Um, Cause all of that is important. And if you don't have the foundation of the inner stuff, it's so hard to like take action on the boundaries and all the other things. Cause you don't even know what you want in the first place. Yep. Yeah. So that's what the program really is. It's like that combination of both kind of the inner and outer work and melding them together so that really we can leave work at work and just live our goddamn lives. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
um, where's your, tell me this, where's your business going kind of in the next, you know, two to three years? What does that look like? So many ideas. No, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. Good. Fantastic. Funny things. I mean, I, so I hosted my first retreat last year. I want to do more retreats, which I know is something that you would love to do. Yeah. Um, so I'm hosting one this year for my alumni of the resilient nurse roadmap, which I'm really excited about, but I want to do more of that and hosting like kind of local events for people in Maine. Um, I would love to bring the resilient nurse roadmap to, um, like institutions, whether it be nursing schools or grad schools or, private practices, units, you know, where they feel the humans that work there need more support and these skills in place to really like retain staff and make sure that people are feeling cared for and feeling like they have the tools they need to really succeed in the work environment. Other than like, this is how you do this procedure. And here you go. Bye. Figure it out. Mm -hmm. Figure it out. (laughs) We used to call (laughs) one of the NPs I used to work with, she called it FitBo, which was figure it out. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's a great, I love it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yep. I'd love to bring my program into like organizations to support like bigger groups of people. Um, I definitely want to host more workshops, which I'm actually doing this year. I'm doing like monthly workshops this year, um, which I'll be announcing very soon on Insta. And then just more collaboration. I really like, I've been collaborating a lot with various um, like companies that are doing really important things for like nurse well-being. Um, so, you know, I'd love to continue to like write and create content just to, again, like provide people with resources. It's really about like meeting people where they are. So they have what they need to be like, Oh, wait, I'm going to question this. This doesn't feel good. This is why it doesn't feel good. Here's like what I can do to take action. Yeah. Um, and then just live my life, you know, see my kids grow, you know, they're getting old time flies. I want to travel. <laughs> So maybe we'll do some like R and R abroad opportunities, <laughs> but yes. okay. Good for you. Um, what do you think for, you know, there are a lot of people that in our community and I think probably with, um, that are in my program, I ensure and yours as well, who want to get started, you know, and do something in there. And, um, but they either feel super overwhelmed. They don't know where to start. They're afraid of, you know, feeling, and they're going to be homeless on the street tomorrow if the <laughs> the shit doesn't work out, which I mean, I swear, I, I, I feel like I just, we were just yesterday, um, do I just last night did a, um, how to start your side hustle. And we just admitted five, like five or 600 people in the last week into our Facebook group. And a third of them were like, I don't think I have enough time, which time is never really, really an issue. And then the other third said, um, uh, I don't know where to get started. And then the other third, it was like a mix of <clears throat> several comments, but if I'm curious to hear, so we talked a lot last night about where to get started and like, you know, and these two big myths and kind of belief systems and breaking them down, but where, if there's a nurse out there who wants to get started, but just is like overwhelmed by all the things, um, what's a piece of advice you could give that you either wish you had known or that you, you know, care to give to those people right now? Well, there's so many things I would say, but I would say first and foremost, you have to, as Mel Robbins says, feel, feel, feel the fear and do it anyway. Like I very much think back to all the times where I've been scared and taken action anyway. And that's, those are the moments, to be honest, that I've grown the most, or my business has done the best, or, you know, where you just take leaps of faith and trust the fact that you're acting out of alignment with 
your values and where the direction that you see for yourself. Um, and realize that when we do take action, like we can take action again. You know, if it doesn't work out, failure is just feedback. Like, I think a lot of us don't take action because we fear like, what if I fail? What if no one signs up? What if this, what if that? It's like, yeah, but by not taking action, then a hundred percent, no one's going to show up a hundred percent. It's going to fail because you're not doing the dang thing. So it's about taking like that teeny tiny little baby step forward. You don't have to see the whole staircase as they say, right? We just have to see step one and commit to just trusting that we're strong AF and we can do hard things and that what we have to offer is something that people need. And it's a disservice to other people not to share that. You know, I really truly believe that. And I I really think back to when I started the resilient nurse roadmap in um, 20, like the first cohort in 2020 and the fear that was there, like it was palpable, you know, it was, palpable. And I'd spent about a year creating the content and like everything was like how I wanted it. And I had worked with mentors and I was like, they were like, just fucking do it, you know? And I'm so grateful that I took action and did that, took that scary leap because that's what got me here, you know? And there'll be other scary leaps that get me to where I'm going next. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Because it's all to move forward and you can switch it up. So I would say, feel the fear and do it anyway, act in alignment with your, with your values, you know, like know what you actually want and trust that you are super strong and you'll figure it out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't, you'll try again (laughs) and try to figure it out that time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. And things like don't work out the way we wanted, but it's even better. Like sometimes or like, you know, no one signs up and you're like, okay, well, what kind of feedback can I get from this? Like, what was it? Was it my messaging? Like, what's the problem here? And you can make it even cooler the next time around. So, yeah, yeah no, I agree. Um, and I think too, I just had a uh, client this morning. We were talking about um, her creating in her practice. She has an offer. She's um, looking to sign up. I think 15 clients, she's got three signed up. She's got 10 days left to sell a program. And we were talking about um, how, you know, a handful of the steps, right? Like the action line items that, that she can take. But we were um, we were talking about failure and and kind of the dichotomy, like the landscape of how failure works in a business, which is that you sometimes just got to get out there and you got to do it. And, and you have to remember that all of those no's lead to yeses, right? Like the only way, like, and if you, and if you think that you're going to build a business or take in any sort of vomit inducing new endeavor, which your brain will hate, it will absolutely detest from all, you know, angles. And it will convince you that you ought not, and you should just go grab a glass of wine and hop in bed and watch Netflix and, you know, for a night, right? Like, but that you at some point, right, you're going, you, you, you get to choose whether or not you look at those fails as a problem, or if you just look at them on the path to building the business. And that's just, that's just how it goes. Um, and she was laughing because she said, I don't know, it seems like a lot. And, you know, and, uh, and, and we worked through a couple of, you know, I think beliefs for her that about making money in particular and what's possible and what's not. And, but it was just a good reminder to me this morning of, oh yeah, we, you know, we're either learning or we're winning. 
And yeah, that's one we use a lot in our program. I'm either learning or winning. And I love to win because I'm an achiever. Uh, and so, so I like, so a good reframe there is quite possible. And I think it really can help, you know, in those moments, especially when you forget why you do what you, you know, for those moments when you just forget, like why you do what you do and how important it is. Um, it, it, I think it really can, you know, give some of us the push to just keep going. Yeah. Or just take a pause and zoom out for a hot second and just see kind of what the deal is. And something that I've definitely, you know, used as a affirmation for myself when things aren't going well, or doesn't go the way I thought, or, you know, you get a no or whatever. I always just think to myself, like, it's not rejection, it's redirection, you know, and whether it be making little tweaks or what have you, like the cohorts, a different group of people, it's like, it's still awesome. And, you know, it's an, it's a learning opportunity to be honest. Yeah. I think that's, I think you point out a good, um, or make a good point, which I think if you want to be an entrepreneur and you want to be successful and you want to get to your cohort, your version of cohort eight or your third Mm -hmm. year in business, it's going to take a mindset that is, uh, that comes back to these types of thoughts or affirmations and this type of, uh, steel trap that says, you know, of course, some days are hard. Of course, some days feel easy. The goal is to keep showing up and to keep reminding yourself of these things that, that light some fire under your ass to keep going. Cause you know, I think one thing, this is hard to stop, but you know, it's like, of course it's hard. Yeah, exactly. It is hard and it's amazing. And it's definitely worth that little leap of faith for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. All right. Tell people where they can um, reach you uh, if they're interested in um, resilient nurse roadmap uh, and um, if, and where to reach you best. Yeah. So I predominantly hang out on Instagram. So at catalyst for self-care you can check out information about mentorship on my website, which is selfcarecatalyst.com. There's um, you can join the waitlist there. We're starting cohort eight today. So it's waitlisted till we do the next round, which will probably be in the summer. Um, there's tons of free resources, like I mentioned for downloading on my website as well. Um, and I'm also very accessible. Like if you have questions through email or, you know, through the DMS, I'm always around people ask me questions all the time and I'm fine with it. (laughs) Yes. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure to get to know you a little bit better. I wish you all the best and what a joy and blessing you are for all those, um, people in your, this cohort and all the ones that you've done. I think that the work that you do is, um, helps our profession to keep going and to, um, not only just to like survive, I think, but to start to thrive, which is a novel fucking concept for a lot of people like, oh, I don't have to just like feel like I'm dead walking uh, you know, or walking dead every day. And no, you don't. Um, so I love what you're doing. I wish you all the best with this cohort and as you build your business. Uh, and uh, I just it's a pleasure to get to know you and to hear your story. So thank you for sharing it much. I appreciate that.